think that is something that as women, we're all, I feel personal development, especially nowadays is targeted for us. Something that we're all kind of mm-hmm. into. Like, I know I've looked into like the self-development, like, okay, how can I be a better person? Um, how can I do that? So that's where, where I want to kind of like get everyone to think this is kind of how it started off because cults don't start off with um being branded that's not I mean no one says all right let me go exactly. get branded it starts off something smaller um and then it gets bigger and then bigger and bigger can't relate to cancel culture hookup culture or victim culture <laughs> well neither could we we created this platform for those other girls Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, work, relationships, and everything in between. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. expressed on this podcast or our own and do not reflect our employers. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Those Are the Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory. I'm Victoria. And I'm Abby. And we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. Okay, you guys, we have another true crime-ish episode um, for you today. We are actually going to be talking about the Nexium cult. Um, I really wanted to do this episode because I saw like on the plane ride from somewhere I was going, I saw, I started watching the documentary and I was like, whoa, like some of the things she was saying, I was like, wow, this is something that really, truly does like affect women. Like just when we get into it, I'll like explain what I mean by that. But I was like, this is something that I think we should address. This is something that I think will be a really good topic. Um, something that was like popular and also too, more than anything, it was something that, um, I felt we all, any one of us could have fallen for. And before you stop listening, you're like, oh, okay. Ha ha ha. Before you do that, like, just listen to us talk about what happened. Um, it's definitely something that is definitely how it transpired is something I can see any woman that I know, any career woman, I'll even put it that way, any career woman that I know, um, falling into. So, yeah. I will say, too, watching these documentaries and, like, hearing these women tell their stories, I felt like I related to every single one of them. Like, I felt like those are girls that I could have known or that I could have been friends with, and it, that easily could have been me, you know? Yeah. Oh, same. Like, especially, um, the main girl that we'll get into, she seems like I probably would have ran into her in college. Mm-hmm. All right. So first thing is, for those that don't know, we'll just talk about Nexium really quick. And then we'll go over the definition of a cult. And then like as Christians, you know, we'll go along those lines. But mm-hmm. so Nexium was a cult um, that became really popular or like we became aware <laughs> the average person, because that's another thing that we'll we can talk about the average person became aware of this cult back in 2018 I believe is when um it went like mainstream in the sense of they arrested 
Allison Mack. And that's how I got interested in it. I don't know if anybody else here watches Smallville. Great show. Um, that's like on the list of the things that me and my dad watch. It's about um, Superman as a kid, as a teenager. And the main character, the guy who plays Superman is so attractive. And my dad and I always like joke about how, how is he supposed to be? Because Superman's supposed to be like this awkward, nerdy farm boy. And it's like, um the Clark uh, no I have um, one on this show so attractive <laughs> right right yeah. and I'm well, sorry clearly I like- you have not watched Superman and Lois because the guy who plays Superman in that show is oh my god the he Tyler Hoshlin or something he, he played he was in Teen Wolf oh the beautiful man okay you keep mentioning that I, I'm gonna have to watch you it. need to watch it it's so good I'm okay. I'm gonna have to watch it. Everything that you suggest, I always watch it like six months after you suggest it. I, and I do the same thing with everyone else in my life. I don't know why. But yeah, so <laughs> she played Chloe, um, who was kind of like Lana was the main female character, and then Chloe was kind of her sidekick, which is very interesting because that's essentially what happens in the cult. She's basically the sidekick, and I just find that very interesting. Um and it became famous because she was arrested and it was um they talked about also too the other thing that made it famous was there was a lot of uh quote-unquote sex involved um so you know the saying sex sells and that's unfortunately kind of how it is like anytime you mention anything sexual everyone's like oh what's that oh let's see so then um that's pretty much what happened and then people just started coming out of the um woodwork talking about their experiences and now there's like podcasts about it there was a trial of Allison Mack and Keith Lanieri, and I believe the other lady, they all got long jail sentences. They are going to be away for a long time. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to stop rambling after I say this other thing. So I want to talk about really what exactly is a cult. Um, and I looked up a definition before we logged on and a cult is a system of religious uh, veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object it's a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister so what I really kind of just wanted to bring up that definition um because you know you listening could possibly maybe be in a cult um if you're what'd you say hopefully not hopefully not hopefully not but I just think that's just something to think about because when we think of a cult we think of kind of like um I mean it says sinister which I kind of don't like that because when I think of sinister I'm thinking of like um that evil guy from that um Christmas special the one that um didn't want Frosty to be there I think of that guy with his eye and then like the little but that's not necessarily what it is but strange I think is important to think about and so how do we define strange I think is also important before we get this started for those that are listening this is a Christian conservative podcast so our worldview that we are speaking on this is from a Christian perspective um hopefully you listening are a Christian if not I want you to understand that that's the lens that we are um talk speaking from so our worldview, everybody has a worldview. I say this every time I bring up us being Christian. Everybody has a worldview. Ours is Christian. So what we find strange is things that will be outside of God's design. How do we know God's design? The Bible. So one of the things that I, Cultish is a very good podcast that talks about cult. Everyone should listen to it. Um, one of the things they always talk about is when people leave cults, it's kind of 
a lot of times they're kind of like, Ooh, what do I do? What do I do? Because sometimes they don't turn to Christianity and Christianity is the only objective truth that you have that can determine whether, you know what, this person treating you this way is wrong. The reality is if you don't, if you just think any and everything goes, why is Allison Mack, I'll just use an example, why is Allison Mack telling you you can only eat 900 calories a day? Why is that wrong? And then spanking you or, or hitting you if you don't. Why is that wrong if you don't have an objective truth? Um, so that is just like the framework that we're going to go through this. And then the last thing I want to say before we get into it, sorry, everybody, this is a long intro. But the last thing I want to say is there were two themes that I personally saw when I was listening to all the interviews and everything. There were two things that I heard. People were feeling empty and wanting something more. And I think that's something that we can all have at times related to, which is why I want everyone to realize like this is something that is definitely... Um, it's something that is, I mean, like Abby said, it's something that can happen to any one of us, any of our friends, because we all go through that. And these type of leaders, these type of people prey on that. All right. That's the intro. Let's get into the Nexium cult. Abby, do you want to start us off? I can start us off. Okay. So Mallory touched on it, but Nexium was founded in 1998. So it's been around for a long time. It's like kind of crazy to think about because it didn't really come to the forefront of the media until like 20 years later yeah so it's something that Keith the, this man named Keith Ranieri started with another woman and Salzman um basically it was marketed as a personal development company what they called executive success programs which they refer to as ESP so if we say ESP that's what we mean we mean so okay so these pause ESP for two, classes were sorry pause uh, for two seconds taught and let oh sorry go um so I want you to just talk about really quick how it did start off as a personal development because I think that is something that as women we're all I feel personal development, especially nowadays, is targeted for us. Something that we're all kind of Mm -hmm. into. Like, I know I've looked into, like, the self-development. Like, okay, how can I be a better person? Um, How can I do that? So that's where where I want to kind of, like, get everyone to think. This is kind of how it started off. Because cults don't start off with um, being branded. That's not, I mean, no one says, all right, let me go get branded. It starts off something smaller, um, and then it gets bigger, and then bigger and bigger. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. So, I mean, I totally agree with what you just said. It's definitely something they use to draw people in. Like, do you want to better yourself? Do you want to improve yourself? Like, yes, of course, we all want that for ourselves. Right. So I think that's kind of how they got people on the hook. And then it sort of was this progression. They got, they got these people in, they gained their trust, and then they used that trust to teach them in a way that like stripped them of their ability to think critically. And that's how they ended up where they ended up (laughs) exactly um um, yeah so they had these ESP classes that were led by Keith and Nancy the founders of Nexium and during these classes uh Keith Ranieri was to be referred to as Vanguard and Nancy Salzman was to be referred to as Prefect weird yeah like (laughs) If this is not a red flag that this is strange, (laughs) maybe not a red flag that it's a cult, but that it's at least weird. Like, yeah. And a lot of people in the interviews did say they found it weird. They were like, I don't want to call him that. Like, but they just went along with it anyways. And yeah, so I guess. um, 
and also yeah. sorry to pause no, you're good stop it really quick this is also a good point where it's like you know what if you feel as if something's off maybe that's the holy spirit maybe the holy spirit is that's telling you hey calling this random guy a vanguard is mm-hmm. that's a little strange that's yeah the holy spirit's like ding 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 <laughs> yeah if it feels weird it is weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so Keith Raniere got this name Vanguard from some video game and the video game is described as one in which the destruction of one's enemies increases one's own power so it's like did he do that on purpose maybe maybe not like hindsight's 2020 but still again weird (laughs) that sounds like uh it's this book that a lot of guys have read the 48 laws of power have you heard of that Mm, no I haven't sounds interesting yeah it's it is interesting it's interesting but that's just what that reminded me of yeah anyway continue (laughs) okay all right so this this nexium these esp classes got really popular and by 2003 3,700 people had taken part in these classes and these classes were expensive they were upwards of like $7,500 for these like seminar sets that they would do So it was very like high class, like wealthy people taking these classes. Uh, It was, it was like high, high level business people, surgeons, uh, Enron executives, the daughter of the former Mexican president, like, and then uh, two, two actresses who were in Battlestar Galactica, uh, Grace Park and Nikki Klein. And then Claire and Sarah Bronfman, who are the heiresses to the Seagram's liquor fortune, they were like huge prominent members. And I think one or both of them got sentenced at the end of this. Yeah, I think one of them did. I think one of them I like, want to say it was Sarah. Yeah. I could be wrong on that though. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. And I just also want to point out, so two things, like when I hear and heard about the amount of money, I was like, okay, well, yeah, I definitely would not have been able to participate, but I I definitely know that I would have wanted to. Um, But it also kind of shows that like, uh, especially because like you said, there were surgeons, there was someone who is an heiress to Seagram's. I mean, we all know Seagram's. So it's not just stupid people because I think that's another misconception. People think it's like, oh, these like really dumb people that, um don't know anything but no it it can anyone can fall into that that's another reason why I think this is so interesting and it's something to talk about anyone can fall into it I will say you know the the financial um aspect definitely puts a a barrier up for many but also too I mean if you want to find money for something you can I that's something I've done yeah like if I the cost of it kind of makes it seem like this like exclusive desirable thing Mm -hmm. that people want to be a part of and like there's all these like high society people attending these classes that are like hold promise of self-improvement and happiness and all that kind of stuff so I think that was very intentional making like marketing and branding these classes as something for rich high society people yes it gives very much um sea org uh scientology vibes oh yeah i i definitely drew a lot of parallels when i was yeah. going through this stuff to scientology it seems very similar yeah so basically like these classes again they were like self-improvement classes and uh, d- did you did you watch the vow 
I did not see that one. Okay. I saw Seduction. Gotcha. Okay. So I watched The Vow on HBO Max. Excellent documentary. It's pretty long. It's nine episodes, but they do like a deep, deep dive into all this stuff. They interview all sorts of people. It was fascinating. But one of the things that I noticed was people said that when they first started taking these classes, they like almost everyone said they thought it was totally bizarre and that they were like, I can't believe I wasted all this money on this. Like what's going on? But that someone else was telling them just wait it out. Just wait it out. Like the third class, the fourth class, people have a breakthrough, you know? So yeah. Like, all right. Well, I guess I'll keep going. And then like clockwork, they just like got hooked. Yeah. So and- it's, it's like, you got to wonder what is it that they were selling them that all of a sudden they just like have this shift. And, and- Another thing too is everyone was saying that Keith Raniere was like super charming, super personable, made them feel special, like they belonged there, like, which I think is very typical of a cult leader. Absolutely. And I think this could be a good time to talk about Keith a little bit. I listened to, um, ah, I forgot the name of the podcast. I think it was Into Nexium. A podcast I'll link it somewhere or I'll have our resources somewhere um and they talked a little bit about Keith and his past so apparently he he put himself off as this really smart guy that um you know he I think he won he's in the world's Guinness Australia's record book for some sort of IQ award well, this guy he graduated extremely high IQ. Yeah, he wanted to be a renowned, like, smart guy, basically, like a Steve Jobs. Or yeah, that was and, his goal, right? And he graduated college with a two point six, which I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking that. But when you're saying you're this genius, it's kind of like uh, I feel like you should have a little bit higher than a two point six if you're going to say you're this genius. Um, but another thing that I heard in multiple podcasts that were like giving the background of Keith that I found very interesting is so his parents um, divorced and he was living with his mother at one point and his mom would overhear him talking to girls and he was in high school and he was very manipulative to these girls even in high school. So I just find that interesting that like he kind of showed this manipulation, this, um, I don't even know the right word for it, this behavior as a youth. And they also um, were saying that like he, even when he um, was like, I think it was like he was 24 he started dating the 16 year old like he's always liked young submissive women and I just find that so fascinating because that is what his whole that was the end goal it seems like with the cult because I'm sure we'll get into it but there were in the cult um some of the classes when they were talking some of the survivors talked about how like um, in their classes or when they would have their uh, meetings with their leader or whatever, they would talk about like letting their ambitions go, you know, making yourself sexually available. And it's just, it's very interesting that like it started off that way. So then it also, it gets me wondering like, what do you do if you meet someone like that? Do you like go ahead and report them to the police before they do something? But that's not right. Cause you know, God can change anyone's heart. So I don't know. It's, it's very well, it's interesting. Like how- how can you predict that the behavior he had in high school would lead to this cult? 
true like because there's manipulative guys in high school that are now married with like six kids and are very good christian men that love like how do you know it's just not them being an immature age yeah that's a very good point that's a very good point i think i think a better way to approach it is to just anyone you meet have a have a guard up it's so it's a stranger it's someone you don't know if they're saying some stuff to you that you think is shady just be like all right i think i'm maybe not going to talk to this person anymore like and if enough people do that, they'll snap out of it, hopefully. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a good point, too, because there were people falling for it. Like, he mm-hmm. was known to have dating young, submissive women. So it's not like he wasn't, yeah. it's not like it didn't work. It, what he was doing worked. As a matter of mm-hmm. fact, what he was doing created a cult around him. Um, but yeah, so that's just some background on Keith. And I just want us all to think about you know, I don't want to say like think about the men in your life because I, I hope you don't have any men like that in your life. But I think that's just something for us to think about. Like Abby said, when you meet people, you know, is this person, um, do they have good intentions? Um, are they using language that is very manipulative? Like, are they, because from what well, except- and I mean, not to get too into the weeds. I mean, sorry, I think I'm lagging a little bit. Um, not to get like too into the weeds, but especially if you're like a young girl, and an older guy is showing interest in you. I'm not saying that's immediately like big, huge no-no, but like definitely ask yourself, like, what are his intentions here? Mm-hmm. Like, because a lot of times older men who are quite frankly, losers date younger women because they're easier to manipulate and they don't catch on as quickly as women their own age that they are losers. Yeah. <laughs> so just ask yourself that. <laughs> Very good point. I'm just going to add one little thing to that. 24 and 16 is too much of an age difference i'm sorry if the person if a guy is 24 interested in you he is not interested in you for your intelligence i'm sure you're very intelligent he is interested in you for something else 24 and 16 too big of an age difference yeah that's gross it's disgusting just ugh. but yeah, yeah so no. um that's i'm trying to think if there's anything else about keith that i wanted to bring up so i actually started. had something oh perfect keith? had another full-blown pyramid scheme essentially before oh, yes <laughs> he, yeah he like had this whole other company and he got they said you're not allowed to like associate with this brand anymore because you scammed so many people so this isn't like a new thing for him he knows how to manipulate people and he knows how to use this sort of pyramid structure to make money and like gain power for himself. Yes. I also want to add really quick. Um, I feel like, eh, I feel like you're lagging. Can you guys hear me? Everybody yeah, I can hear, hear you. Okay. I think it's Abigail bit. lagging. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I also want to add like this also had very much MLM vibes to it, which is another reason why I want to talk about it because it, is i mean he started off as a pyramid scheme he saw how well that worked mlm i'm sorry let me say it the more professional term it started off as he knows how well an mlm works and he knows how to get people so it started off like that and i think that's another thing like when people mlms are we all know what they so we know the big ones like it, it works herbal life lulu row if you saw that uh the the documentary oh, i sure did yeah so we we should do an episode on that (laughs) i agree (laughs) like we know mlms but then there's all of these like i know my brother was like approached at one point 
for like this sales one that like it they marketed it as a way like they through LinkedIn I think at one point um and like it's MLMs have changed this idea of um having the success programs you know because um and some of the uh survivors and some of the things that I listened to they were saying that like yeah they did learn some things they did improve on their life there were benefits out of some of the lessons that they learned some of the conversations that they had at the beginning it definitely was beneficial so it is something that we can all accidentally stumble into because that's the other thing too I think just to remind everybody it can happen to anyone and some of the people who the people who it does happen to they stumble into it 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 never starts off with being branded that's never (laughs) That's never the entry level event. Right. It's an escalation. Yes. It doesn't just start with it. Like I said, they draw you in, they gain your trust, and then they like use manipulation tactics to strip you of your ability to think critically so that all of this that's going on around you and the fact that everyone around you is also buying into this same stuff makes you think that this is normal. Yes. Yeah. That's the other thing too. Cause there's always so many people who are like, um, into it too. And like, yeah, come on, it's tons of fun. And then if you start to think differently, it feels kind of weird. And I mean, I know I've experienced that now sorority isn't like an MLM or a cult, but like, I know that when I was thinking about like, I don't really like the sorority that much. I remember thinking, well, no, so-and-so has been really not, oh, well, they did Like, that's just kind of how our brain calculates things. Vic, do you have any opinions or thoughts that you want to question so far? She's never heard of this. So this is kind of us teaching her. I'm following just fine. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. All right. All right. So I I can kind of get back to my little timeline here. So the name was in the early 2000s, the Nexium cult started getting allegations, basically, that it was a scam. It was a pyramid scheme, everything. There was a bunch of like, there were like some articles published saying like, yeah, this is, this is trash, you know? And one significant thing that happened was Colt investigator Rick Allen Ross obtained a training manual from a former Nexium member, and he published excerpts from it in a series of articles on his website. So basically, uh, Nexium was not happy about that because these classes and the training manuals and all that stuff were subject to non-disclosure agreements basically meaning that people who signed up for these classes like weren't allowed to talk about what they learned in the classes or share like training materials or anything with anyone outside of it because that defeats the purpose of people signing up for the classes yeah. <laughs> if they can, like see these training manuals anywhere which is generally like a good thing for legitimate businesses because it makes sense you know like right. if they're selling a product but people can get it for free it defeats the purpose of selling the product so I do so I guess that makes sense because I remember I think it was the was I in a cult podcast where they were talking about um yeah to this day nobody really knows what the lessons really were I would love hopefully the non-disclosure agreement will be over soon because I would love to hear like what they learned. I know that one of the girls um, in another podcast was listening to, she said that some of the lessons were just literally things taken from other books. So like, you know, The Secret, which is super popular, um, just a bunch of self-help 
she was like it's just a bunch of things that you learn in other self-help books put together into a program that you're paying like seven thousand dollars for <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of people said that a lot of what he taught like in hindsight now that they're not in the cult cloud anymore it was super misogynistic and yeah. very like anti-woman and kind of just like self-serving almost like yeah getting these women to think that they need to be you know submissive to their to men and you know follow all these like really misogynistic rules and stuff like that in order to better themselves basically so Since let's talk framed that way it sounded okay to them but yeah it's, like looking back a lot of them said like yeah the stuff that we were being taught was really awful and let's talk a little bit about that really quick um mm-hmm. For one, there was this one that really stood out to me. Um, I think it was the girl from Was I in a Cult? And um, so trigger warning, she um, experienced an assault. And that was something that was like, obviously that's a traumatic event. That's not something that, if you don't get help from that, it's kind of hard to move on on your own. So she expressed to her person that like, yeah, I've experienced this. And they made the comment, this is so disgusting. They made the comment like, maybe he needed something from you. That's why he did that to you. Something like that. Yeah. And like, that is disgusting. But that was like the mindset they were trying to get all of these girls to think of like, um, women. So, you know, we recognize men and women are different, but you know, you're not a man assaulting you is not him trying to he's assaulting you that's a terrible disgusting act it's not him he was essentially saying like oh he needed to learn something and you were just the vessel that he learned it from something like that and like that was it's dehumanizing to people yes yes you know you were a means to his end and that's not an okay thing to say to someone yes another thing too that they said was like a huge kind of like cornerstone of what they were being taught in Nexium is that there are no victims. So I'm not going to choose to be a victim, which if you really think about that in this context, that's very easy for them to weaponize against people mm-hmm. to say like, you know, if they do take a step back and question anything that's going on, it's, they can really easily spin that and gaslight people and say, Oh, are you just acting like a victim right now? Like, Oh, things are getting hard. And you know, you're scared and it's getting too real and you're acting like a victim. So I think that's very interesting because I, I think like just objectively hearing, like, I'm not going to choose to be a victim is a good thing. It sounds like a good thing, but if it's being weaponized in a way that's manipulating you, it can turn bad really fast. Yeah, exactly. I listening to people's stories I understand how that can be feeling like you're not a victim and, and, you know, victim, not victor is definitely something that we should say we should believe, but at the same time, someone hurting you is not them getting something out of you that they need to become a better person like that. And I think that's where, and that's how I think cults and that's how people, um, that's how people can manipulate and that's how they get is they're so close to the truth like yeah I mean the idea of not being a victim that is a good idea like you don't want to live your life all day every day as a victim but there's a fine line between not living your life as a victim 
as well as recognizing this thing happened to you. It was not okay. And let's figure out how you can move on and um, become a productive member of society. And I think that that's, I mean, that's how these cults, they're just so close, so close to the truth, which is why you have to have a grounded truth. You have to have something that you know to be truth to be able to recognize when something is not um, close to the truth. And the only way we do that is through the Bible. That's the only way um, you can know the truth is reading the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, aside from all these like shady things that they were teaching that they didn't want people to find out about, they ended up suing this guy, this Rick Allen Ross and the former Nexium member who gave him the manual basically for violating the, the non-disclosure agreement. Um, it got dismissed, but they appealed and then it got dismissed again and they appealed again. <laughs> and of course. basically what the court ended up ruling was that uh, Rick Allen Ross's use of the manual was covered under fair use because he wasn't using it to copy it he wasn't using it to like make his own self-help courses using the materials from the manual he was using it to criticize it on his oh, that's how youtube is well exactly. why did i say youtube that way <laughs> <laughs> that was so weird i said it okay i do that too but yeah um, that's how yeah, exactly is. so basically if it's a parody if it's a criticism if it's yeah. something that's not like you're not ripping it off basically you're not using it to use it for the same purpose then you're good to go basically and that's what the court said so that was just a gigantic waste of everyone's time essentially (laughs) Um, but it kind of started this pattern for nexium of basically if anybody says or publishes anything bad about them we're just going to sue them and you know they used the bronfman sisters the seagram's liquor heiresses they used their fortune to fund these lawsuits so I read somewhere that, I believe it was on Wikipedia, that uh, the Bronfman sisters spent something like $100 million on this company. Oh my God. I know. Like, wow. Insanity. That's crazy. <laughs> I know that their father is like, yeah. if he's alive or if he's dead, I know he's like, he is no grave. longer alive. Yeah. I'm rolling sure he's rolling in his grave. His grave. <laughs> yeah. He was oh. very, he was very vocal about his dislike for nexium too he said publicly on many occasions to many outlets that he hopes his daughters can get out of it because he i don't know that he knew the extent of the sexual assaults and all of that stuff going on but he said he his daughter my daughters are being financially abused essentially and he was totally correct about that <laughs> absolutely yeah hundred thousand dollars and you know what that just shows how good of a manipulator he is yeah, to get them to just pour all of their money into these frivolous lawsuits against people who are rightfully criticizing his organization. It's yeah, it's sad. I think that it takes a, a special kind of narcissist to be able to manipulate people like that and just to stand by and defend this thing that so many people are telling you it's bad, it's manipulative, it's abusive. And to be like, no, you just don't understand it. I think really it takes a special kind of narcissist. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. Pretty bad. Um, so that kind of became their MO then they just started suing people who said anything bad about them. Um, which I think now would be a good time to discuss the different branches that kind of broke off. Like, yes. So, so 
ahead. Okay. So yeah. So that is how this is. So the podcast I listened to explain if it wasn't for these branches breaking off, he wouldn't have necessarily been able to uh, go to jail or get in any trouble because this is where it started to become illegal. Because unfortunately, selling people um, courses that are just basically essentially repeating other people's courses, but worded it in a way that's like part of fair use isn't illegal. But what happens next is so what got very famous is DOS. That is the one that um, everyone talks about. That's the one that Allison Mack, um, Smallville, Chloe from Smallville, that's the one that she was in charge of, essentially. And I want to talk, so the other person who is like in all these documentaries who actually was on the Skinny Confidential um, is (laughs) India. Now, what I find very interesting about India is anything you listen to and look at, everybody's like, India, India, India. Well, I finally found something where it wasn't all about India. And just a little side note, this girl, she, you could tell she, so she actually was one of India's um, slaves. So you can tell that like, she didn't necessarily think India was as bad as Allison, but she definitely did not think India was as innocent as she is portrayed to be. Absolutely. And I am fascinated by this question, which I I definitely want to discuss. So India, for those of you who don't know, she was a part of Nexium for a long time before she was recruited into this DOS. And DOS is basically this like secretive society within Nexium that was only for women. And how it worked was whoever like recruited you into DOS was your master and you were their slave. So what they made them do was they made them hand over collateral in the form of nude photos, uh, incriminating statements about family members, uh, videos, anything like that that made them look bad, many of which were not true. I was just about to say, like, if you couldn't think of something, they'd be like, we'll make something up. Yeah. They like, they, they had women on there saying like, my father abused me when I was a child, like, and their father did not. And it never happened. Basically they just did it as collateral. So that basically the idea was like, as soon as you like agree to go into this DOS subcategory of Nexium, like that's it you're in and if you decide to go out then we release the collateral so I guess and India India agreed to this she gave the collateral she was in she was a slave and she eventually got to a point where she was the master of other girls that she had recruited into Mm -hmm. DOS but Mallory, like you said, a lot of these documentaries are very pro-India. The, mm-hmm. look, at, look at this little uh, sweet girl. She was sweet girl who got yeah. into this horrible thing. Like, I guess my question is, where do we draw the line between being manipulated and making your own personal choices to continue this stuff? You know, I and guess. How do we how do we draw that line? So I've been thinking about that as well because. Mm-hmm. India was essential because I mean we're saying India was a sweet innocent girl who was manipulated we could also kind of say something similar similarly about Allison Mack because Allison Mack was she didn't start it we can say that for anyone who was under Keith pretty much mm-hmm. if you weren't Keith you can say that you were manipulated and to me I think the line is drawn when you start doing things to people like I think yeah. like if she had just continued to be the slave 
we could like have a little bit she more was a victim she was a victim she was just a victim yeah but the moment she became a master i think that's when i don't think i don't think she's as innocent right. and so what i deducted from watching seduce because that's the one all about india mm-hmm. is her mom okay so from my understanding her mom realized it was a cult her mom was let in on the secret that keith was a sexual predator um that's a we'll talk about that in a little bit but keith was a sexual predator and that something was going to go down about the cult so her mom started going on shows and going talking to newspapers she was on megan kelly's show a super relevant um talk show host um <laughs> that's just an inside joke but Vicky didn't <laughs> laugh she's not really okay um anyway so she was on megan kelly's show and she uh was on all these she was in the newspaper she was interviewed i want to say by time talking about how her daughter was in this cult her daughter's a victim her daughter's a victim her daughter's a victim and then eventually her daughter comes out and i mean even listening to it like now she understands she's a victim but it does sound like when everything went down she still was kind of not really understanding that like everything that was going on so honestly i think what saved india's life why india is not in jail is because her mother did that whole social media that whole press press circuit explaining Mm -hmm. how india was a victim even though i kind of and i mean that was the vibe i got from the girl who was her slave that was on that podcast it was called was i in a cult everyone should listen to it she was jane doe number two mentioned in the uh, fbi report the vibe i got from her was that she india is not this sweet innocent and i I mean when i think about i'm just like she could not have been i mean i'm sure you know she definitely was a victim because there were definitely things like they made her um so part of dos was like we said the nude pictures and uh the collateral well another part that they had everyone do is seduce keith the Mm -hmm. vanguard the leader you had to mm-hmm. seduce him and have sex with him mm-hmm. so i mean india had well, she, she didn't ha- well in the thing she tenderly had to do it because they had the collateral and whatnot so india did that and then she tried to convince the girl her slave that was on the podcast she tried to convince her knowing her sexual history which i think is disgusting i think that is so disgusting yeah. i think that's so terrible yeah. Um, and I think that's why you can tell like the girl because here's the other thing too India's this now she's kind of supposedly this innocent uh or not innocent or like this victim I guess she so you kind of can't say too much about her negatively is kind of the vibe I'm getting from yeah from the podcast so that's why she didn't say too much but I'm like no I don't think India is innocent I think India has a very good smart mom and her grandmother I don't know if you saw this in any of your thing her grandmother is like uh an heir to the throne someplace yeah like she's some kind of royalty I feel yeah like country it was but yeah she comes from a very like powerful famous yeah. successful family and, and again, I love that just speaks to the type of people they were recruiting to be in exactly yeah and in um, the seduced uh really quick in the seduced uh documentary the grandmother from the beginning was having none of it I love like everything about the grandmother I loved her she was just like I thought it was stupid I don't understand why she did it then and 
you get to, she was also kind of so how india got involved was her mother invited her because her mother's friend was like oh come to this thing and then her mom's like oh come with me and then the grandmother was like yeah so i forgot her mom's name but her mom's apparently a famous Catherine, actress was her name Catherine yeah Catherine. Yeah. yeah Catherine oxenberg she's like a famous actress mm-hmm. um and she was like yeah Catherine got india involved and i mm-hmm. thought it was dumb something like that and i was like oh i love you grandma like love that okay <laughs> yeah i love that she knew from the jump but yeah so Vic what do you think when do you think someone stops being a victim hmm because like when y'all were talking about this like I go back thinking about um Epstein and like the woman oh yeah who was kind of the I guess what is she technically a female pimp yeah i guess i guess her being like the pimp essentially and then like i think about like all the like the human trafficking episodes that we put out last january i go back and think of those and how i don't remember who was talking about this but how they go back and like these girls will be trafficked and then in order for them to better their situation they'll find ways to traffic other girls oh that's a good point too yeah so it's and like, also it sorry hurt. and i also think about like what she was saying too is how like they would like kind of what you guys were saying is like they would hold stuff over their heads is like well if you don't do this then i'm gonna go and hurt your family I'll, i'm gonna go and traffic your sister and so i think it's just it's a fine line um i mean I know you can't like it this is incomparable but I think about it, it's like how easy is it to convince people to do stuff like look at like what essentially what we've been through the last pretty much two years of COVID and mm-hmm. how when someone you trust that's in power tells you you need to stay home you need to wear a mask um and how easy we all abided by it yeah. yeah. So I think it's very hard to determine when someone's a victim because you, I feel like you need to understand the whole story. Like, I get what you guys are saying. And like, think about it too. Like, because I've dealt with this in athletics, like the girls that were abused by the USA gymnastics and how if one of the, say, like one of the coaches spoke up, they could be fired. It could hurt their job and it could hurt their reputation, even though they had nothing to do with what Larry Nassar did. Yeah. It's just, it's very, like I said, it's very hard to determine when someone's a victim and when yeah. someone is causing it. I, I think too, I, I just, I'm thinking back to this Dateline episode I watched where they interviewed India and her mom and India, like they kept asking her these questions, kind of like, you know, getting at the same thing we're talking about now. Like, when do you, when, like, when do you cross the line of being a manipulated victim into like participating in harming others? And she really said like everything I did, I did because I was so scared because they had all, they had that collateral against me. And I I was kind of like, I, yeah, I understand that, but is that the truth? You know? Yeah. Or was she so brainwashed that she thought she was actually like doing good for these other women? I like, I'm so on the fence. This will be a good question to put um, 
on our Spotify, everyone, Spotify now allows you to ask questions. So you should answer this. When do you think um, you go from being a victim to a perpetrator? And I like hearing what you said, Vic, and like what you just said, Abby, like, I want to have more compassion. And I do. But at the same time, I'm just like, like, I like, if if I was her slave, for example, the girl, the Jane Doe too, I think her name was Jessica. Like she, if I had gone through something like that and you asked me, it would just be very hard for me to be like, yeah, you know, you're a victim too. Or like, I don't, but I mean, that's a very good point about, she did have collateral. She did mm-hmm. have to do all these things. And she definitely, like, I definitely think she was brainwashed. I oh, just yeah. think that there, I think there's different tiers and she, is presenting herself as on the bottom tier. And I think she's just like a tier up. I think that's where I'm at. Like there's definitely perpetrator, victim slash perpetrator, and then victim. And I feel like she's just like, oh, I'm victim, 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 but you're victim slash perpetrator. I think at some point- She does feel a lot of guilt for what she, her for her part in bringing other women to be her slave into this DOS. But I think she doesn't want to face- punishment for it yes okay that and that's it I think you're Mm -hmm. right she because I definitely like there was just it felt like in the in the podcast I listened to it's getting confidential and on seduce it felt like she was like almost removed from the situation like this girl India did this thing and I feel she should not have done this Mm -hmm. man that girl India as opposed to like I did this that was me I did that yeah exactly I got that same time and I totally get where she's coming from in the sense of like from self-preservation like you know if I was participating in something like that I definitely because I mean Chloe and Keith and um Sarah got some really harsh jail times I don't remember how long they're in jail but it he i mean got like a huge sentence like 120 years i think like yeah like, like allison pled guilty and only got three i think and then one of the bronfman sisters got six if i'm remembering yeah correctly. you know i don't know india personally but yeah. i can say that she would not do well in jail i mean i don't I don't know. I know her from those documentaries and from what, and Hey, I wouldn't either. I would do everything to be out of it as well. So, I mean, I'm, she definitely is doing a lot of self-preservation, which I totally understand. Hopefully Mm -hmm. she will get, um, I mean, honestly, I think things like this more than anything, this is when you have to connect to God because they're, I mean, they went through so much. So let's just get back into that. So, um, DOS. Okay, so the other aspect of DOS, like we said, they had the collateral, and this is kind of where it started to go downhill, was they got branded. Now, the branding, do you have anything specific about the branding symbol? Or do you want um, to So, yeah, I have, I have some stuff it. on the branding. I, it was, as people kind of started to speculate more about Nexium, it was rumored that they were branding women, but for a long time, they didn't have any evidence of it. Um, but then in 2017, New York times did an article, uh, where it was basically an expose where they interviewed former Nexium and DOS member, Sarah Edmondson, who is an actress from Canada. And she was like a longtime member of Nexium, uh, was a, one of the first members of DOS and she had, she was a defector. Essentially she had left the Nexium, all of it. And she 
wanted to expose them basically. So in, as a part of this article, she allowed them to take photos of her brand to be like, yeah, it's a real thing. I have one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, basically what the brand was is it was Keith Raniere's initials. So it was K with a little R next to it. And he denies it that he, 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 well, he denies even knowing that the women were getting branded, which if you watch the vow, there are voice recordings of him talking about the branding. Yeah. He's like talking about an upcoming branding ceremony. He definitely knew about it. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure he on purpose wanted the KR. Like why else would it be that that they brand? <laughs> right. And in a podcast, I was listening to the recording specifically, he had them say, he mm-hmm. said something like, make sure before you brand them, they say something like, yes, master, please brand me. Or I want this or something like that. Yes. He was like, have them do that. So they think that it's something yes. that they want. But let's be honest, no woman wants a random, I guess he's not random, but no woman wants a man's branding on them. And it's not like, you know, when we think of branding, the way she was describing it, it wasn't like, um, I thought of like in the movies when they like brand cows and they have like this hot coal thing that's already out in the shape. No, it was like, they had to carve out the initials. So like, it was like a line there, a line here, a line there. And it was, and they had to be held down. And I want to say one girl got like, physically sick like it just wasn't pass out it was horrifically painful and the worst part is they were all administered by a woman who was a licensed doctor Uh, wow and once again like just a reminder anyone can fall into this now I want to say you know if you have the Holy Spirit in you hopefully there will be a point where you're like okay this is it before you get to branding someone, because in my head too, I'm like, should she be responsible for something? Yeah. Um, but like before you get to the part of branding someone, hopefully, you know, the, you're listening to the Holy Spirit and they're like, hey, you know what? <laughs> this thing is not right. Something's not right about this. Yeah. Um, so but Sarah Edmondson did say though, in this HBO documentary, she said that she did not know previously that she was going to be branded. They were basically all she was told was that they were doing some sort of ceremony that night. They got brought to this place. She was blindfolded the entire time. They had to do these like chants and like say these promises. And like, basically up until the brand was on her skin, she didn't know that was what was happening. And yeah. I assume it's probably, it's probably like that for all of them under the guise that they can do whatever they want to them because they agreed to be a part of this DOS. And the more we're thinking about it and talking about like, who's a victim, who's a perpetrator. I'm now like that collateral had to be like, if someone's asking for collateral that everyone listening from now on, that should be a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. If someone's asking for collateral, that should be a red flag from anyone listening. As they say, everyone listening to the sound of my voice, collateral equals red flag because I mean I guess I do understand okay I mean you have this thing I told you my deepest most darkest secret I told you something that's not true but could ruin my family's life I guess I will just do this one thing I mean what is it it's just gonna be painful for like 20 minutes you know like I guess that is how it goes Ugh, that's that's awful it's like I almost don't even want to let my mind go there because it's so horrifying yeah but once again, like these people, and I, I want to keep like reiterating, these are doctors, these are actors, well, actresses, I was going to, anyway, yeah. these are actors, these are not just like 
podunk people that didn't go to finish high school that you know aren't educated these are people who are people we could have gone to college with can i ask because i think this hasn't been touched on how did these people get into this cult so what psp classes yeah so So they would so these like actors and doctors would sign up for these classes marketing to who to just anyone who wants to improve their life so if you are like so self-help it's like a self-help group that we've probably all heard of and seen classes you would do that and then they would like single out certain people to join this auxiliary club that's supposed to be this all girls empowerment like we are girls and we are we are cheetah sisters like <laughs> we're in this together ha, ha, they would ha. essentially like move up through ranks too oh, like yeah so they would start as like a student in these esp classes and then they would tell them oh you're like moving up really fast if you can get this many people to sign up we'll move you up and you'll be like a teacher or a coach or whatever and they had these like banner things they would wear like around their necks to like notify what their like rank within the system was and the yeah. very highly ranking members they invited to join the, these like super sketchy yeah kind of they would have to mm-hmm. get to know you and see that like oh you're really into it because the thing was I'm from my understanding there were people who just did the classes and like got something out of the classes and then they kind of just moved on with their life but it's the people who started going up in the ranks who started teaching the classes the people who kind of started getting more involved the people who like one of the girls she moved from I want to say California to live in New York and oh, a ton Matt's of them house. did a ton yeah. of them relocated. they like quit mm-hmm. their jobs moved all the way across the country to those are people who got invited into the cult and they mm-hmm. and some of the things that they did to um that we didn't really touch on was like they had to um record like their eating so like okay for example this is how it like gets distorted like hey we're all want to be healthy so we're all going to be on a diet or something like that well it starts off with that and then it's like okay so now actually today you can only eat 900 calories you need to take a picture of everything that you eat and send it to me and then if you don't do that now you're hurting your sisters and this um one girl was saying how like she took she started taking like um a magnesium multivitamin or something like that and it was like 300 cal or maybe like 30 calories I don't know some it was amount of calories 100 calories 100 calories and um she asked if it had to um if she had to like report that to her count that uh vitamin as her calories and India was her person and India was like yes a vitamin 100 calorie vitamin she had to count that and I think she at that point she could only have 900 calories wow yeah Yeah. it was all (laughs) under the guise of being disciplined and yeah. maintaining control over your choices and what you do and all of that. So, yeah. So there was that. And there was also the fact that all of these women in DOS were having sex with Keith Ranieri. Yes. And they didn't know. I, I don't think they, I think you didn't know going in that he had anything to do with it. They thought this right. was Allison's thing. And she's like, it's a woman empowerment. It was women only. Yeah. Is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. But a big part of it was having sexual relations with Keith and they all did, they were all manipulated into it. Yeah. And I just think that is the most horrific thing. It's disgusting. It's horrible. Like this guy who is just this like short little dude 
who like somehow manipulated all of these women into like joining this sex ring essentially for his pleasure like Mm -hmm. it's horrific but anyways yeah so that's kind of what DOS is and that's that was kind of the downfall of Nexium because what happened was this Catherine Oxenberg, India's mom, got together with like Sarah Edmondson and a few other defectors from Nexium, and they started like making calls, getting the FBI involved, like just begging people, like investigate this guy. This like this stuff they have going on is horrible. It's shady. They're doing all this stuff. We have all this proof. Like, please, just someone like listen to us, help us. And for a long time, it was really hard for them to get anyone to take them seriously because these were all like presumably willing adults who were mm. in this who had joined this program essentially that they wanted to be a part of and they were all so brainwashed that none of them were willing to be like no I need help I want to get out of this and so I think a- it was the defectors and it was India's mom who were like no they're Not being the harmed <laughs> yeah and I think another aspect too that people probably were like well, these people are paying thousands of dollars. So they at least, cause that's the other thing too. Like that, like, um, I want to say, even if you're like, you were a leader, you were still paying like $20,000 for your classes. Like you were barely, like they would pay you, but you were barely breaking even cause you're putting the money right back into, to get these yeah. classes. So I'm sure people were like, yeah, well, they're paying all this money. They have to know it. You know, it can't be that bad if they're doing all this. Um, but yeah, so they were who sounded the alarm and that is how without this auxiliary club, I get, or group, Keith would not have been stopped. And, um, they were thinking, I I forgot who said it, but someone said it on a, a podcast or something I heard, they were thinking that he, his goal was to have women in like politics, women in business, women all over everywhere. He essentially just wanted to expand it as much as he could, which is so disgusting considering that this group was essentially centered around all of them having sex with him. Yes. And I I don't even want to say the words I have in my brain right now. (laughs) It is just, it's also my, like, it's just, just thinking about how these women went because also to the law and order episode about it which I watched recently to prepare for this um and essentially like if you're thinking about these women probably went into this wanting to be better which is once again somewhere something that I think we all have like thought about like I said earlier they were feeling empty and they wanted something more and they wanted to do something that hey we're women and women empowerment you know I work a hard job I want to get better I want to move up the corporate ladder or you know I um I don't know tons of reasons why people did it and then all of a sudden now they're like having sex with this man that isn't their husband (laughs) that isn't their boyfriend this man that like all of a sudden it was all about me trying to be a better person and now I'm having sexual relations with a guy who and I mean almost everybody was like I wasn't even attracted to him there wasn't anything like about him that you know like it's just it's just they're just so in this cult cloud that it seems like it's the right thing to do yeah yeah so eventually they did like get people to listen to them and the FBI ended up arresting Keith Ranieri after he but after he caught wind that he was under investigation and that, you know, things were going to get bad for him, he fled to Mexico, but they went to Mexico and arrested him there in March of 2018. And that was kind of like 
a lot of people left Nexium. There are still people who like yes. Spotify and remained, you know, faithful to there- Heath and Doss and all that stuff, but many people left. And that was kind of the end of Nexium, essentially. There- I'm pretty sure their Instagrams or someone that was in a documentary that was still pro them, their Instagram is still active. Like, I think I saw somewhere they like stand outside of his window in the jail and like do flash yeah. mobs or something. They have like meetings and they all dance together. It's like, yeah, so weird. <laughs> it's sad. It's really it sad. Um, and I hope everyone listening, you guys have learned some things so you do not fall for something like that. Absolutely. And if you did or you do, like, you know, it happens to all of it. I was gonna say it happens to all of us, maybe not to that extent, but like we've all, no, I mean, we, I, we all do things we're not proud of. Right. And just, you know, I, I hope that these women are able to find closure and show themselves grace and, yes. you know, allow themselves to be forgiven because God, yes, absolutely. And like, you know, I feel like I've been kind of hard on India this episode, but I will say like, I do have, I do feel for her because I mean, like we said earlier, she had the collateral and like, she really, you can you can hear and every time she has talked she was looking for something more and there's only one way you can find something more there is a hole in all of us that can only be filled by god there is the spot that we all want to be better we are all chasing after something that only god can fix yeah and you can hear it in her voice um you can hear that's what she was looking for but she just could not find it and i think um we can kind of do our lessons um, or yeah, yeah, we can move on to the lessons and really quick. I'll say what my lesson I think is, I think this is just a perfect example of, so I'll use an example. Like I think that we women were always what, I mean, not always, I think women, especially now in today's age, we want to be our best selves we want to do things the right way we have a lot of compassion and we have a lot of um empathy for other people and we're doing our best and we always want to do better and I think that a lot of us are searching to make sure that we're doing the right things and we want to do something more we want to make sure that we are walking in our calling because I know that's where I am right now I'm all like I want to make sure I'm walking in my calling I want to make sure that like I'm doing what God has told me to do so I think that just really does leave us open and very susceptible to joining these things and I'm not saying uh, for example like MLMs I'm not saying ML all MLMs are a cult I'm not saying that at all but I'm saying they do have cult-like tendencies I was in it works and let me tell you that thing is cult-like so like <laughs> yeah I, I definitely see that all of their social media posts look alike it's like yes. all right, I wonder what's going on in there what they're getting fed yes and I like we all are looking for something more and the only thing that can fix that the only way that we'll be able to feel that hole that emptiness that we have is through God and through reading our Bibles and that's how you realize what is wrong and what is a cult that's how we can recognize that Allison you know tricking these women having them be branded that's how we can recognize that that's wrong yeah it's from the bible that standard if you don't have that standard i mean how can you tell her that she's what she's doing is wrong um so i just think this is just like a reminder that the only way we can fix that hole is through relationship with god 
And then I think this is also a reminder to read our Bibles. We know what's right and wrong from what God's word says. And I know like even talking about this, I'm like, okay, before I go to bed, I need to make sure I do my <laughs> reading for the night. Cause like, I want to be able to, when these things happen, I don't think once again, like, I think that I could have fallen for like college Mallory definitely could have fallen for it except for the money part college Mallory did not have seven thousand dollars and she her parents definitely weren't going to give it to her but you know there could be something just like this but for for broke college students and I want to be able to if something like this comes up I want to be able to have the Holy Spirit in me to I and I want to be able to recognize that x y and z is not right and the only way you do that is if you know what's in the bible and if it's in your heart so that's my lesson What's- All right. I think my lesson is like I like I said a couple of times before, if something feels weird, it's weird. Trust your gut. <laughs> and even if you did pay seven thousand dollars for it, it's okay to like cut your losses and walk away. Yeah. Because it's better than this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just trust trust yourself. Like your intuition is usually right. If something feels wrong, get yourself out of that situation. Quick, easy takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they try to brand you, that's when you got to get out. <laughs> but I feel like you should have done that a little bit before. But yes, yes. At Brandon, I think that should have been like, if try to brand you, you should get out. Yeah, um, <laughs> I would say my takeaway is no matter whether you're rich, poor, old, young, male, female, lost or know where your career is going, like you can always like, find your way into a cult like no matter where you are in life no matter who you are as a person there's always a chance that you somehow end up in a cult and you just need to be aware of it because like you would think like all these like it seems like with this cult is like everyone was like not necessarily they were there because of spiritual reasons but they seem very much like top in their fields and Mm -hmm. very well established professionally Mm -hmm. and they felt some missing piece and went searching for it and ended up in a cult and I guess I can add on to that too it's that if you are like feeling a missing piece that piece is Jesus like that piece is your relationship with God and if you are feel like something's missing let us know We'll be happy to talk to you, guide you to a church or kind of help you through that process. Use those critical thinking skills. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I mean, to wrap it up, um, I think that also too, just all thinking about like your friends, if you're listening to this and you're like, you know what? My friend has been in something similar to this. I think like Catherine, uh, Indian's mom, I think speaking up and telling the truth is probably the best bet. I don't think abandoning your friend, I mean, obviously, if they won't leave you alone about joining, okay, set up some boundaries. But I think another thing, too, is just like being there and speaking the truth. And I mean, all I can think of is the only times I've, the times I felt very lonely and lost and alone, the only thing that's ever made me feel better <laughs> is praying and pulling out my Bible. I I mean that, I don't know how else to, I just, I wish everybody could, I wish I could express it better. And like, everybody could understand what I mean. Like the only, like that's been the only thing that has made me feel better. Occasionally, you know, I could do something that doesn't 
that only feels better temporarily. But I mean, to pulling out my Bible and praying, it definitely. So yeah, if you guys do feel as if you um, are lost or want someone to talk to, please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to help you in any aspect. Um, so yeah, make sure that you answer our question. We're going to put it on the Spotify. If you listen on Spotify, they do questions now. When do you think you go from being a victim to a perpetrator? Let us know when you think, and we'll share your answers on our Instagram. Um, anything else, ladies, you want to add to wrap it up? No, thanks for listening. Yep, that's yeah. it for my side. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, make sure you like, review, rate, subscribe, comment, share with your friends. Um, I think this is another really good one that you don't have to be Christian or conservative to at least get something out of. Uh, we did talk a lot of Jesus in this. So <laughs> when you share with your non-Christian friends, make sure <laughs> they're aware of Jesus or, you know what, don't even tell them. Let's shock them that Jesus is going to come up a lot. Um, but yeah, so share with all your friends, families, random strangers. Um, yeah. All right, everybody have a good rest of your day whenever you are watching. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. Hello everyone, I am on here to talk to you guys about one of our affiliates, Culture of Life 1972. Culture of Life 1972 started in 2019 with the vision to design a fashion brand that celebrated all life. They care about the impact that style has on future generations. One by one, they are leading a fashion movement that protects and values life. It's simple, fashion should be good for you. You can head over to their website, col. 1972.com and use our code those other girls 1972 to get 10% off of all of your purchases. They have cute clothes, jewelry and accessories available for everyone. All right, you guys, thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram, at thoseothergirlspodcast, and on Twitter, at TOG underscore podcast. Those Other Girls, changing culture and bringing back traditional values.